Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Six games. Easy stuff today. Easy stuff today. Be fun. Until Paul Reed starts. He's a big conversation piece. I am fading him as of right now, and I'm excited to break it down. And that's what we're going to do today on the NBA Strategy Show, brought to you by Better. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined by Adam Share. We are brought to you by Better, as I mentioned, but I did that one first and forgot because I say the same thing every morning. It is Wednesday, December 27th. We have six games ahead of us. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell. Follow us both on Twitter and then uh, go out and buy an Andre Drummond jersey because that dude had a day yesterday. Yes, he did. You, you to watch. Me- yeah, I mean, you messaged me early and was like, he should just start over Vooch. And it, it kind of made me laugh because we've gone full circle on Drummond where, you know, a couple of years ago you had people like, how doesn't this guy have a job? He should be a starter, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and it was just like, well, because he doesn't really fit today's NBA. And then now yeah. it's gone full circle to where like Vooch sucks and yeah. Drummond is probably better. He, he unquestionably is the the screenshot of Darko. It's like a Vooch is like negative one point five, and Drummond is like a league average player. It's kind of insane. Um, and like the Bulls are going nowhere. It doesn't matter. They really just should have never re-signed Vooch. Uh, I'm guessing they probably want that money back. But he was everywhere on the boards last night. He sent Capella at one time early. I was just watching this. Like, all right, well, he's a lock button. No, this is a testament to how sharp the field is now in comparison to what this could have looked like a couple of years ago. So there were what a thousand entries in the Millie last night at 2000 a pop. He was 95% owned in that contest. And like, that should be the telling sign of everything right now of like how difficult this is. Cause that would not have been the case five years ago. It just would have been lower by default. Yeah. Not, but by, I mean, not also, necessarily by know- much, but like, we just funnel to the best things in a more aggressive way than we ever have before. Yeah. Like he's, he was always going to be extremely popular in a $2,500 term. Yes. But yes. Like even in the large field, he was 76%, which three, four years ago, he's probably like 55. Yeah. I'd like to, I, I didn't look at it, but I guess I could pull that up quickly. The disparity between multi entry people in the $15 and, um, the like non max entry people. Cause I'm guessing the gap in ownership for Drummond in that is comical. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's a spot too, where you know, like, obviously again, fields are sharper. There's no debating that, but Drummond is sort of not the best example of it because he's a name that people like to click. Also, it's yeah. not like he's just some backup center that nobody's heard of and he's stepping in and you need to actually be aware that he can produce fantasy points. Like anybody that has followed the NBA for any period of time or played DFS for any period of time is well aware that a $4,700 Andre Drummond starting is going to look good. If you count all of the entries of anybody that put an entry in that played 50 or more total entries, that's 12,000 lineups in last night's fadeaway. 
the total amount of lineups is 26,000. So we're talking about basically half the field is like solid multi-entry. The rest isn't. Of the people that played 50 or more lineups, (laughs) Andre Drummond was 95.6% owned for the people that didn't do that. Andre Drummond was 61% owned. That is the te- that is the explanation of DFS as a whole. This is what we try to talk about so frequently on this show and what some people just try to run or like swim upstream as much as they can. 61% for the people that don't do this very regularly, 95% for the people that do. What was Nemhard because I have a feeling this is going to be the this is not going to help your point that uh max entry guys are sharper. Andrew Nemhard was 45% owned overall. He was 41% owned by non-max entry and was 49.7% by everybody else. So pretty tight. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was going to be higher for the max entry guys. And in general, the highest owned guys are usually just going to like shade higher in these scenarios. Um yeah, we, uh, you and I dug into Nemhard quite a bit when we got off of the deeper dive. I basically, I, I'm like, I'm not tap, patting myself on the back. I had a terrible max entry day yesterday, but he, I, I said it to you before we got started. He's going to go down as probably the worst play of the year to me because I don't think that anybody projected him for what he actually is when he's starting alongside Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, agreed. I ended up with like 12% in large field. He ended up in my Millie lineup, which pissed me off from the minute it happened and never got better um but yeah that was that was one where again i don't change projections all that often i ended up projecting him for like 24 i think the industry average was like 27 and a half 28 yeah yeah it was just it was one of those situations where like he was clearly a solid to good better than good he was a really good point per dollar play yesterday just in the grand scheme of the slate but the ownership outpaced what that should have been yeah and like you and i were talking about it like because I did end up with him in the Millie. I didn't have him in the Millie originally. And then when I yeah. swapped stuff for the Indiana lineup, which I actually had Jalen Smith the whole time. So um could have just like it's funny. I wish they had just, well, I, I guess I had healed too, but I'll say, I wish they had just like not released the lineup. But um when I was swapping stuff around, I ended up getting the Nemhard and I was like, I don't want him, but also I know I have him projected for only 24 fantasy points and 45% ownership. So if he's showing up, I guess he's still good enough. Yeah. It's just, He's just, a, it's, it's so crazy. I, I'm praying that we can get a situation sometime this year where like Halliburton is out and we're getting Nemhard without TJ McConnell. And then you project him like a fantasy point per minute guy. Like He's he a monster is. then. <laughs> yeah. And then it, then he becomes the opposite of this. He becomes so much better. He, he is really, I can't think of many guys in the league where his like median performance isn't him ever. Right. He's either some other guy that sucks or some other guy that's really awesome and just like splits the difference from a median perspective. Right. Like for the season, he's a 0.9 fantasy point per minute guy, but he should pretty much never be projected for 0.9 fantasy points per minute. No, he's he's either 0.75 or 1.05. Right. <laughs> I know I'm being a little uh, hyperbolic there, but like it, it is sort of the case. But yeah, that was that was the one where after we dug in and I started looking at, I mean, he has like a 12.5% usage rate or something alongside either TJ McConnell or, or Tyrese Halliburton in the past year and a half. 
uh, it started to be staggering. Drummond, on the other hand, uh, you would have had to be pretty special to project him as not the best play for the day. Yeah, absolutely. That that dichotomy of ownership, though, 60% to 95 is telling. If you could take one thing away from this show moving forward for the rest of the year, pay attention to what the money is doing on a regular basis. It is going to point you in a better direction than anything else that you've been doing for a long time. If you want to understand that further, there's, you know, it's a deeper conversation. But to see that 95% of the people went to Drummond when only 60% of the people that are just sort of like randomly throwing shit into this contest did, it should set off gigantic alarm bells in your brain. Yeah, I mean, from a review standpoint, because it can be really difficult to review DFS yeah. and try and improve because you're talking about one game slates and there's always the tendency to be like, oh, well, if I had done this, I would have won this slate when realistically you shouldn't be trying to like maneuver your process to win a specific slate that happened yesterday. But in general, paying attention to who the people that play the most money are playing, not to say that they're never wrong, but right. it's going to put you put you in a better direction than you know, coming in the chat the next day and being like, see, I knew that was a bad play because he scored 12 fantasy points when he shot two for 40. You know, like yeah. you're you're going to at least not have a results-based review process that way. You can generally be pointed in the right direction by guys that, especially, you know, guys that you see that you know have been playing for a long time. They do well, I assume. Um, you know, guys like that that are playing 150 and have been around forever. They, not that they never make mistakes, but generally if they played more of somebody than the field, it was probably a good play. And this is Drummond is the telltale sign of this one for yesterday. Are you ready to break down today? Six game slate and we get out of the gates real quick. Yep. Philadelphia 76ers are three point underdogs in Orlando. Orlando in the back to back. These this heroic basketball team just putting out their injury report on back to back. These I love these dudes. New favorite I, team. I thought about it last night when I think their game had been over for like an hour and Markel Fultz got ruled out. It's it's the best. Q tag on Gary Harris, Q tag on Ingles, Q tag on John Isaac. Uh, Joel Embiid out for the Philadelphia 76ers. And we are getting to quite a bit of those Sixers. Call it 30 to 40% ownership on Melton, Oubre, <laughs> Tobias Harris. Tyrese Maxey only 17% on DraftKings at 8,800, which I feel like has to climb by later today. I hope it doesn't, but I feel like it does. And then we get to play center roulette. 35% ownership coming into a 4K Mo Bamba. 39% ownership coming into a $4,800 Paul Reed. I have the Bamba piece. I don't have the Paul Reed piece. Let's start with the easy stuff. Maxi, Melton, Ubre, Harris. I don't know how you dodge these dudes. They're not priced where they should be for Joel Embiid to be out. Yeah, agreed. Um, My ownership was messed up, so I'm going to have to rerun stuff. But um, I'm getting to right now sixth of the Sixers, um, and it's the same six the field's getting to, Maxi Harris, Reed, Bamba, Melton, Oubre. Uh, Melton, I'm getting the 45% right now. Field is at 36. I don't really have a problem with that with no MB at 5,800. The playing time should be there. He's a good enough point-per-minute guy at that price tag. Um, same goes for Tobias Harris. I'm getting the 43%. Field's at 46. I have no problem with that. I'm getting the 40% Maxi right now, which I don't know same. if that's going to hold when I rerun stuff. But I hope that it does. I would certainly like to be getting there, especially with him only getting 17% ownership. Price tag is 8,800. Very favorable price tag there. Uh, tough matchup against Orlando, but still plenty of talent. Paul Reed at 4,800. I'm getting 49% right now. I did have him. My ownership on him got messed up. So that's actually why I need to rerun. So he may come down when I rerun this. I'm not sure. But 
did get the start last game, immediately got in foul trouble constantly. Uh, he is only 4,800. I think he looks good. There's a reason he's getting 39% ownership, but yeah. um, I, I am actually curious to see where I end up getting to on him. I actually think, so like, I like the Maxi one. Look, this is a guy that was mid 9Ks with Embiid like three weeks ago. Now he's 8,800 without him on a six gamer. Like, I want all of the Maxi that I can get to at that price tag. Um, I think that we'll end up a little bit higher on Melton and Ubre throughout the day. We have them both at about 31 and a half minutes. They played monster minutes their last time out, and they don't exactly have a lot of competition for people behind them. This game is competitive. I have them both for 33 right now. I think you are very alive to see them both play 35 or 36 if this game is just generically competitive. Um, but I want to have like it's not that hard to talk about Maxi, Harris, Ubre, and Melton, the four starters that really haven't seen their prices move for Joel Embiid not playing. We got to talk through what we want to do with the center rotation for Philly because this is everything. We, you mentioned Paul Reed being in massive foul trouble in that uh, in that most recent game. What are you comfortable projecting his minutes for? Because this is not a guy that has played a lot of minutes in the starts that he's gotten previously for Joel Embiid. I think 24-ish makes sense. I went 23 because I think the, like the left side of like, I don't think the right tail is, is as big. It can be. I don't think that it always is. I went 18 to Bamba and then assume that Marcus Morris picks up like a rotations worth of it. Um, I don't know if that happens, if there's no foul trouble or not. I don't know if we should just think that there's no foul trouble. Right. The and dynamic here, who do you see as the better play? Um, Probably Reed. But again, like I'll have a better answer for you in a minute. Um, I, I still think at 4,800, like it's only an $800 gap between the two. If Reed avoids foul trouble, I assume he's just playing more minutes too. I don't think he's actually hard capped or anything. So I still think Reed's the better play at the same ownership and similar salary. How do you want to handle their minutes? Do you want to go to a 48 minute split between the two in some no. way? Or do you want to work Morris in as well? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, Going like 24, 18, and then the rest of Morris makes sense. Yeah. I just, I've been thinking about it more and more for guys like Paul Reed in these spots where I feel like the the obvious minutes projection for him is 24. And I always want to just like skew down in that than up. Like he just strikes me as way more likely to not get a shit ton of minutes than to get a shit ton of minutes. Well, and I don't, I don't know if you had actually looked at this and if it's why you're at 23, but he has started four games total since the start of last year, two in April 2023, and then two this month. And he's averaged 23 minutes, 25, 28, 22, 17. Yeah, uh, it was rooted in that from, you know, a couple of days ago, but not something that I was looking at today. I just when I see it, it's just like, well, I don't want to hit that mark. Because I think the downside is like foul trouble. Bamba just playing well. Marcus Morris just playing well. Like they don't really give a shit who the center is for today. They just want the best one. And that's right. where I start to like, I don't want to over project Reed too much. Yeah. And like we're at 25 and a half minutes right now. I think that probably comes down. That feels healthy. Not necessarily yeah, like he, wrong. He can- Right, he can definitely play 25 to 26 minutes. You're just yeah. relying on a lot of things not going wrong. Yeah, but like at 23, I only got 6% so far this morning. Now, I don't mind that. If I'm going to get to the Bomba side, like I'm happy to get to one of the two of them. But a very interesting dynamic of having both of them. Here's the next question. 
8,800 combined. What do you think about a Bamba Reed lineup? I don't love it, but on a six-game slate, it's not the end of the world if you're getting some of it. I think it's something I'll be paying attention to as far as I don't want to just be jamming in a bunch of lineups that have both of them. We yeah. One thing that has been, I don't even know if a problem is the right word, but it has burned me a lot. We saw it again last night, is the slates where you're getting good val- multiple good value centers it's very easy and again, not even necessarily wrong or bad to just take that value and play them. But the opportunity cost is so high. And it's something we have talked about on a lot of shows when we've had slates like that. Uh, you saw it yesterday with Jalen Smith. He scored 29 DraftKings points at 4,100. Gave you a good you know, 7X. But if you played Jalen Smith and you know, I'm assuming you played Drummond, you didn't have access to Shangun. You didn't have access yeah. to, you know, these centers that are going for 60 plus fantasy points. And so, you know, yeah, you could win with Jalen Smith. You could have a very good lineup with him, but you also can find 28, 29 fantasy points elsewhere usually. And it's tough to find these 60 plus guys. So um, that that's something that is tricky in general, but at least on a slate like yesterday, Smith and Drummond have nothing to do with each other. So they can both just go for 40 plus and, you know, 10 X. Whereas here, you know, yeah, Bamba can pay off 4k, you know, I, using payoff to mean whatever you want it to mean from a, a value standpoint uh, and same for Reed, but the chances of both of them going for 45 fantasy points is extremely low. Yeah, basically zero. Fascinating game for Philly. Cause we just, we know we have four guys that are like, you're just in for it. It doesn't take much explanation for Maxi Harris, Ubre and Melton that center. Uh, that's center mix going to be. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot. Do you assume Paul Reed just starts? I assume so. Uh, he didn't start the second half last game, but my assumption is that's because he already had four fouls. I don't think yeah. it was indicative of future starting lineup, um, but it could be different. I mean, he did get in foul trouble immediately, so maybe today they go to Marcus Morris again. Yeah. And, or they start with Bamba and they do yeah, it in or they start Bamba, sure. like, yeah. yeah, I don't. If they go well, Marcus Mar- Morris, I think that's bad for Bamba. Yeah, I agree. I don't know why Reed would go from being the backup center to not being the backup center if they went to Marcus Morris. And if Morris starts, it just becomes that much more difficult for it to be the, you know, 24, 18, six. It's more likely to be something like, you know, 24 for Reed or 22 for Reed, something like that. You know, 12, 14 for Morris, the rest for Bamba. Any interest in Morris as we speak? Or is this just really the four starters and the two centers? I think it's pretty much that. Um, I just finished rerunning my stuff and still getting tons of maxi, which I'm happy with. Um, yeah, I have, four, I have 43 right now. If I could lock in that ownership for me and for him right now, I would like probably pay to do that. Right. Yeah. 46% of maxi, 46% of Melton. Those are my two highest owned guys now from the Sixers. Love getting there on maxi at that ownership. Um, Melton, you know, just a, a good value piece. I'm getting the 36% Ubre, 30% Reed, 25% Harris, 18% Bamba. And then I have one lineup a piece with Marcus Morris and Patrick Beverly. And I think that you'll see Melton and Ubre climb. I said that before uh, later today. I think we'll end up a little bit higher than 31 and a half minutes for both of those guys. I'm a little surprised that I don't have more Tobias Harris. I only I have 52%. He's pro- projected for 46 Wow, we went 39.7 in minutes. That's even higher than me, and I'm getting him. Not that I think that's crazy. Like, I went 37 minutes and still get him, and I'm more likely to go to 38 than 36. Interesting stuff. The Orlando side, 
assuming you're good on Philly. Yep. Uh, no ownership coming into these guys. Uh, I'm assuming you're going to run back Franz and Paolo at seven o'clock, 7% apiece right now. Uh, Franz is 27% owned on FanDuel where he's 7,700. I don't have much here. I have 10% of Paolo and 6% of Franz. Yeah, I don't have much either. I have 5% of Carter, 4% of Bancaro. Carter may come down. I'm looking now to see what I have him at minutes-wise in my early stuff. Um, yeah, 24. Like I'm going to end up lowering that a little bit. We saw it yesterday. I, I, mess- I messaged you yesterday because he was initially in the lineup I was going to play in the Millie. And I looked and saw that he was at like 24 minutes and change. So I cut him to 22. Um, We saw, and then he played a lot more in the first quarter than I expected, but then still didn't play at all in the second. Didn't play at all in the fourth, played 21 minutes. I don't really know how you expect more than like 22 minutes from Carter at this point. I need to see it because until they stop playing this three center rotation, I I need to see it happen before I go there. I'm not going to just keep saying, Oh, well, I think eventually he plays 26 minutes and keep projecting it that way. Cause right now they're just playing three centers. And so um, I think I probably do end up losing that little bit of Wendell Carter that I have Uh, Paolo, like I said, getting 4% fields at seven. I have no problem with that. I have no problem if I start getting a little bit of Wagner, but I don't see a lot here that I like. Uh, Jalen Suggs first quarter had me on drink and bleach territory. Um, I, Jalen Suggs was in the first lineup that I built for the Millie. And then I had enough time to rerun and ended up not getting him. Then he was the leading scorer of anybody on the slate after the first quarter. And I was like, oh no, I'm never going to be able to do this again if this continues. And then he just completely disappeared. Yeah. He played 17 minutes in the first half. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't in my first Millie lineup. Wendell Carter was. And so I was already upset that he played almost the entire first quarter. Um, But then once I got rid of Carter, the lineup I ended up playing had Franz and Paolo and I didn't really like having both of them together. So I started looking at other ones and like the next one I looked at had Suggs and I was like, I don't really want to play Suggs here. And then he just starts going off and Paolo and Wagner both sucked in the first half. I was not happy. Anything else for Orlando? Very easy to talk about. Now, if we get no Ingles, no Isaac, is that it? No Gary Harris. Like maybe we squeeze a little bit more value out of it. Maybe Anthony Black goes crazy again. I don't think we're going to be paying too close attention to Orlando. Right. And I guess, the, yeah, um, I'll say their injury reports are already out. So never mind. Um, I was going to say if they rest Carter, but we already got the answer. So, yeah. Schedule for the rest of the day. NFL strategy show coming up next at 11 a.m. Then we transition over to the NHL strategy show. Welcome back to the ice. They go off at 2 p.m. Massive hockey slate today. I think 14 games. Uh, NBA deeper dive. Myself and Adam will be back at five o'clock. And then NBA Live before lock at 6 p.m. So don't miss it. We've got four more live shows for you guys. And if you guys are big fans of ours, you should use our avatar. Go to stochastic.com slash avatar. Grab our logo. Use it on DraftKings, FanDuel, Owner's Box, Yahoo, wherever you're playing. If you use our avatar and you finish in the top three of a contest with 5,000 or more entries, you get one month of whatever you want at Stochastic. That's a Sims package, lineup generator, baseball, basketball, football, whatever sport you're looking for. I'm naming everything. You can get a month of whatever you're looking for. As long as you tweet that victory at Stochastic HOF. We want to show off how well you did, and we want people to see that you did it with our avatar. So click the link in chat or in the description. Go get our logo, guys. Toronto Raptors. Six and a half point favorites in Washington. 
238 total. Lots of ownership coming in here to Toronto because they get to face Washington. Lots to like here. I'm not getting to the one guy I thought I was going to get a ton of. I'm getting to everybody else. Uh, call it 15% ownership to Dennis Schroeder and OGN and Obi. Call it 20 to 25 on Siakam, Malachi Flynn, and Jakob Pertl. And then 36 to Scotty Barnes. I was hoping the Malachi Flynn thing was just me this morning. Uh, and then the ownership showed up. So... <laughs> Uh, our boy S&P had a great line on the process today. Uh, oh, I already forgot who it was. Who Dalen Terry? He's like, Dalen Terry had to crawl so that <laughs> Malachi Flynn could also crawl. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one's ugly. Yeah. Um, and fingers crossed that'll go away. I'm not getting to Barnes. I think he looks amazing in this spot. Point guard, small forward, 8,700. It's probably because I have so much maxi. I would just prefer to have both of those dudes, but Toronto looks fantastic here against Washington. Yeah, they look great. And I'm with, I'm only getting 10% Barnes right now. Field is at 36%. I want more Scotty Barnes, but at the same time, if you tell me it's it's a better matchup, absolutely for Toronto than it's for Philly. But if you tell me on a six game slate, so it is a little bit more difficult to differentiate in ways that make sense. If you tell me Scotty Barnes is going to be more than 2x the ownership on Tyrese Maxi at the same price tag, with no Joel Embiid, I am fine that I am just saying, okay, I'll play a ton of Tyrese Maxey instead. It is undoubtedly a better spot for Barnes. He projects better. He is easier to fit into lineups because he has small forward eligibility in addition to point guard. All of that, you know, he's the better play, all things aside. But I'm not going to be upset that I'm playing Maxey in place of him at the current ownership projections. Um, like you said, I would like to be just getting both, but that seems kind of difficult to do right now. We have 22% ownership coming into Malachi Flynn. That's all you need to know about the way uh, value looks at the moment. So um, I, I get why I have less Barnes and the answer is Maxi, which I am fine with, even though obviously I would feel better about having a lot of Barnes. But um, I'm getting the 42% Siakam, 8K power forward center. So I am over the field on him. He's getting like 60% of the ownership of Barnes. I am playing him at a rate similar to the way the field is playing Barnes. Uh, happy with that. I'm getting the 32% Pirtle, 30% Ananobi. Uh, so over the field on both of those guys. Dennis Schroeder showing up 23% for me. So I'm over the field there. I'm over the field right now on every Toronto starter except for Scotty Barnes, which again, I love Scotty Barnes, but it is what it is. Uh, getting the 17% Flynn, Fields at 23%. Hopefully that goes away. He's projected for like 13 DraftKings points. He's playing mid-teens in minutes most likely. This is just a, he's really cheap. He's playing the Wizards. Hopefully something cool happens, but it's opening up the rest of your lineup. Uh, hopefully we just get better alternatives. I'm getting to 8% Trent, 5% Achua. There are eight guys on this team in at least 5% of my lineups right now. I have one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, I've got, I've got eight guys in at least 7% of my lineups. Neutral on Schroeder, on Trent, a little bit under on Pirtle, Siakam and Barnes, over on Ananobi and Flynn. Just a fantastic Fantastic situation. When you get to face Washington, things just get better. It's really that easy. Yeah, it's th things are generally good when you get more possessions than pretty much any other team will allow you, and they defend those possessions worse than almost any other team will defend them. We got to get that lineup generator fixed. It's giving out all the best plays. <laughs> We just got done talking about how Malachi Flynn is 25% owned. Yeah, you're going to see some dog shit from time to time. Yep. Um, I don't like it either. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I hate having to do the video and trying to like articulate how 
this garbage is showing up in lineups, but it is like we say, I, we say it every show when something like this comes up. DFS is a game of salary and ownership. It is not a game of actually playing good players. Speaking of not playing good players, the Washington Wizards are here with 6% ownership coming into Daniel Gafford. That's the high mark. Denny Avdia continues to be uh, underpriced on FanDuel. He's 5,721% owned there. Even Kuzma, 7,800 with an MPE, 18% owned on FanDuel. I'm assuming we aren't getting Danilo Gallinari today on the back-to-back. We haven't had him on most of the other back-to-backs. Don't know why they changed that now. Doesn't really seem like that matters. No, I don't really think so. Um, Right now, getting to 15% Kuzma fields at 4%. I'll take that. Um, Always happy to get to Kuzma when he's low-owned. I'm assuming I'm using him as another Scotty Barnes pivot. Again, Barnes is clearly the better play, and it's not really remotely close. But from a range of outcome standpoint, you know, Kuzma can still beat him. Um, I think the Maxi versus Barnes comparison is much better, but getting to some Kuzma at low ownership as a contrarian play makes sense. Same goes for Daniel Gafford. I'm getting to 11% of him fields at 6%. He's only 6k. Uh, those are the guys I'm getting the most. I'm getting to 7% of Landry Shamit right now. I mean, it's Malachi. Flynn. It's a worse Malachi Flynn. I have him yeah. projected for 9.8 DraftKings points and he's showing up 7% of the time. I'm not even going to ask if you have anything more from Washington, because if that's the last thing, like if you have that, you're at the bottom of the barrel of things that you could be saying for the Washington Wizards. I have one Jared Butler lineup. (laughs) (laughs) The Milwaukee Bucks are three and a half point favorites in Brooklyn. 240 total here. Uh, Actually, hang on a sec. Oh, no. Now, Um, who do you have? No, no, no. We we don't have DeLon Wright projected in. I'm not sure if it's been confirmed he's not playing. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I could see him not playing just for how long he's been out. I don't really have a great feel for it. We won't yeah, know so, for a while. Yeah, same. But if Delon Wright ends up playing, I think uh, Shamit. Like, I don't. I don't think I'm going to have Shamit and Butler by lock anyway. If Delon Wright ends up playing, I am more confident I'm not going to have Shamit and uh, Butler by lock. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Bucks three and a half point favorites in Brooklyn, 240 total. Giannis questionable, Brooklyn on the back to back, 25% ownership coming into Chris Middleton, 15 to Bobby Portis, 10 to Brooke Lopez. I do think they are the probably the three best guys. I would love to get to Giannis. Uh, that's going to be a tough sell, especially with Luca on this slate, which we'll get to in a little bit. But the Chris Middleton one is really difficult to get away from. Yeah, I'm like half the field on Middleton, 26% Ooh. ownership, shooting guard small forward, 6,400. I have 14%. I wouldn't be upset if I got more, but also if I just have 14, 15%, that's fine with me. I am getting over the field on Giannis now, which I think is difficult to do, but I have four, yeah, 14%, or sorry, yeah, 14% of Giannis fields at 5%, um, 11K, power forward center. Clearly going to be happy if that holds. Uh, don't know if it will or not. If it goes Keep away, up that Landry Shamit and Jared Butler lineups, and you're going to be getting all the honest. Right. I'll say, I mean, if it goes away, maybe that means my Malachi Flynn is coming down too, which would be nice. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, clearly, if I can get to some Giannis, great. Um, 12% Bobby Portis showing up. He's 16% owned. So right around the field there at 5,500. This price tag on Portis, he's just sort of always going to be playable, especially on slates like this, like the way it looks right now, where you don't have a ton of inexpensive value. So just having the volatility of Bobby Portis is appealing. 
yes, there are going to be some games where he sucks because he's a backup and the minutes are volatile. Obviously, production for everybody is always volatile, but he is a good point per minute guy. And the minutes being volatile is nice when he's only 5,500 because if you happen to get a 26, 25, 26 minute Bobby Portis game, that's going to look really good. So he's the type of guy when he gets up to like 6,300 because he's strung together a few good games in a row, it becomes really tough to play him. But when he's sitting at 54, 5,500, he's kind of just always a last guy in type play. Uh, not getting much. Uh, speaking of last guy in there, though, if Giannis happens to be out, Bobby Portis is now the first guy into oh, everything yeah, yeah. you're doing. Yeah. If Giannis is out, uh, also you're playing a lot more Middleton, but uh, Bobby yeah. Portis looks fantastic if Giannis is out. Uh, yeah. Other than those three, um, single-digit ownership to a few other guys, getting the 7% Brooke Lopez, who's getting 8% ownership, 7% Pat Connaughton at 3,800, who's getting 7% ownership. Again, just terrible sub-4K guys being used to round out lineups, essentially. Um, 6% Beasley, 5% Payne. Not a ton of priorities here, but Middleton, Giannis, Portis, the ones I'm getting to the most. Pretty much the same for me. 2Xing Lopez, right around the field on Bobby Portis, right around the field on Middleton. I would happily get Giannis or Dame if I could. John P said, why would they put Giannis on the injury report for injury management if they weren't going to sit him tonight? Uh, teams teams do that. I've never understood why they don't just say either he's resting or he's not. Like, I don't know why they like feel the need to sleep on it, but I assume it's just more of we'll talk to him when he gets to the arena and see what we're doing. Um, but yeah, that is an injury designation that has just never made sense to me. Like just, are you man, are you going to manage it or are you not going to? In these cases for guys like Giannis, for guys like Embiid, I really think it's one of those things. Like we're just going to figure out how you feel after your first warm up at like four o'clock or whatever. And like, make sure because it, it is also right calf injury management, right? Like if that's not feeling great, they want to make sure that they have an out now to not get fined. So move, right, like right. starting this year, you kind of just have to put it on there if it's up in the air. Um, right, yeah. That, I think they're just sense. giving themselves it's, like the benefit of the doubt if this goes the wrong way. They don't right. want to get popped and fined. Right, right. Yeah, it, it's just the, the injury management thing is just always weird to me because it's like you're going to make this decision, just yeah. make it. But also, you know, to your point, when you're talking about the guys like Giannis, like Embiid, I think they also come with like, you're not trying to piss those guys off. If they get to the arena and they're like, I want to play tonight. Yeah. It's a little more difficult to tell them they're not like we see with the alternative is you see Shea, Shea Gilders Alexander go from out to playing multiple times a season. Yeah. For these big guys, for like the, yeah, like these massive human beings that take a little bit to like warm up the gears a little bit. You're always, you're going to see that a lot more. Kevin Joseph. It's not for no reason. It's for very specific reasons. Brooklyn Nets, we don't know what they're doing there. Out of the two people on this show, I am not the one that does it. Yep, it's always Adam. (laughs) 15% ownership coming into Dayron Sharp. Chase those points, man, because he had a hell of a day last time out. Uh, Bridges, 10% ownership. 5% to Cam Johnson, who I'm getting to. Hopefully that goes away. I've got 18% Bridges. I like that as like a, I don't know, faux pivot to Scotty Barnes. But what do you want to do here with Brooklyn? Yeah, just... Kind of modest amounts of a lot of this team, too. It is a good matchup against Milwaukee. Pricing is still reasonable, just like we saw yesterday. Bridges is showing up the most for me at 13%. Fields at 10. Uh, You do get a little bit of a discount on him off of somebody like Barnes. Small forward, power forward is nice. Cam Johnson showing up 11%. Daron Sharp, 14% owned. I'm getting 9%. Another double-double off the bench for him yesterday. Really annoying when these guys are popular and do well, but I do understand why he's getting some ownership, especially on you know, the way the slate looks right now. Realistically, like he, he is obviously different than Paul Reed if Paul Reed starts, but 
from a range of outcome standpoint, there is quite a bit of overlap there considering how likely Reed is to get in foul trouble. Like well, think about it like Mo Bamba. He's short. Now we're talking about 14% ownership as the backup center to 35% ownership to the backup center. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point too. Uh, so it, it is, I mean, he clearly has upside there. The guy can double double in his normal role. Um, I'm getting 9%, not getting much else. 5% Finney Smith, 1% a piece on Dinwiddie, Thomas, Claxton. Nobody stands out really, but I no. think it's just the team where the pricing is favorable enough where as a last piece in, you can just grab pretty much any of the starters or they're on sharp. The sponsor for today is better. You guys can see the banner at the top of the screen. You guys can also see how much money you get when you make a deposit up to 500 bucks. Like this one's no joke whatsoever. If you can double your money up to $500, you should be taking advantage of that. You're not going to enter a contest or find a bet that you like better than that. Put in 500, get another 500. If you don't have that much, put in whatever you can just to get that 2x first match deposit bonus. You could 100x your money if you get eight picks correctly. It's just another pick them site. They've got NBA and NFL, baseball, hockey, and more, whatever you're looking for. You can use Odd Shopper if you're looking for additional plays. But the takeaway, everything that you should know about it right here, it's as simple as this. Up to $500 on your first deposit. They're going to match whatever you put in. Take advantage while you can. Because when that deal goes away and they drop that back down to 100 again, think about how much money you're leaving on the table if you don't take advantage now. Link in the description and in chat. Phoenix Suns. Two-point favorites in Houston, 225 total. Basically no ownership coming into the Phoenix side. 13% to Eric Gordon is the high mark. No Beal. Uh, Nas Little available. Yusuf Nurkic is back, as is Josh Okoge. I have 11% of Eric Gordon for some reason, but I don't find this Phoenix side to look all that great. Lowest total on the day and a difficult matchup. So I am getting... Oh, boy. Well, wait, no, I'm not. Am I? <laughs> I am no, getting... Okay, so in, no, in the I'm first not. Run, am I? In the first run, I did... chair, by the way, guys. When I had the messed up ownership, Nas Little was like my highest owned guy. And so I was going to say uh, that that clearly wasn't going to hold. But whenever you ran, he went away. Uh, as... You are a Nas Little guy, though. Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, no, things look more normal now. I am getting 19% Nurkic, 5% owned, 7,200. I don't know if that'll hold or not, but low owned Nurkic isn't something I'm you know super upset about getting to. Uh, but may go away. I have 17% Eric Gordon, so I'm with you there. 4,800 shooting guard, 13% owned. It's just that price. Um, there is a little bit of a narrative in play, too. You know, he, a couple games ago, the, the whole thing around the Suns is they don't shoot enough threes. And then a couple games ago, you had Gordon basically saying, why am I only getting like three shots a game when we're not shooting enough threes as is? Last game, he did get shots up. Kevin Durant only took 11 shots. Durant said something after the game that I don't know if it was him being genuine or him kind of covertly whining or saying like doing like the Gilbert arenas thing where arenas just refused to shoot. Um, he said something along the lines of, I think I still had a big impact offensively um, even though, you know, I wasn't scoring blah, 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 but it was in a loss. So I don't, I don't really know if that was just like a, Hey, I took a backseat to Eric Gordon and we still lost. So um, that's how that played out. I don't really know what to read into that, but there is some yeah. semblance of a narrative where like maybe they do look to, Eric Gordon to just get more shots up as a three-point shooter. Um, one way or the other, that's not impacting DFS for me. It's just that he's $4,800 and fits into lineups. Uh, 5% Durant, 1% Allen. 
Obviously, Durant's the guy I want to get the most of out of that group, but it is tough at 9,500. Uh, so I have a nice Nurkic stand right now, which, again, if that holds, cool, but pretty decent chance that comes down a little bit. I'd like to get a little bit more here. I, I just don't expect it in this spot. Yeah, tough matchup, Houston's, but also not yeah. a lot of good matchups in general today. Very true. Houston side, very t- difficult to talk about right now. They're also on the back-to-back. No real ownership coming in here. I mean, both of these teams are in the bottom 10 in pace. 12% ownership to $8,400 Shangoon. Get what you can. 8% coming into Van Vliet. I have 6% Tari Eason right now. If he plays, who, who knows? I, I, just, I don't have a lot of Houston. This is probably the worst game that exists for DFS today. I have 27% Amen Thompson. We have him projected for 8.5% ownership with a 29% chance of being optimal. Um, Did we add him numbers, and his brother together? <laughs> obviously, those numbers are going to converge. Uh, we have a 15 drafting point projection on him, but I don't think any of this is holding, uh, yeah. assuming that guys are in. Yeah, right. So I think we can pretty much ignore that one for right, for right now. Other than that, I don't have much from this team. 6% Eason, 3% Van Vliet are my two highest on guys. By the way, that could be a thing if we lose some dudes. Yeah. Like, he's 3,300 point guard shooting guard. Like, there's something there if you can actually give him minutes. Yeah, and I mean, he played 12 minutes yesterday. Yeah. Which, on this slate, makes you playable at 3,300. Yeah. So, yeah, but, I mean, I think the the 27% that I'm getting is because the ownership projection on him is so low. If he actually does project to be a good play, then I think that I'll have less than 27%. But if we're playing Malachi Flynn and we're playing, or I'm playing Landry Shamit or whatever, there's no reason Amon Thompson wouldn't be showing up also. I feel like every day we're just unearthing like new random dude. Like not that Amon Thompson's like a random dude, but we just like every morning we've got two new shithole $3,300 options that we're like, yeah. by the way, we're not going to talk about these guys in six hours. Yeah, I mean, so we have him at 17 and a half minutes, which seems high okay um well, well so we, we, we have we have dylan Bro- yeah so no dylan brooks i totally forgot that he's probably not playing today right yeah so so did i until i double checked our minutes that makes a lot more sense um, i lost some prize picks because of, i had his over yesterday now that doesn't necessarily mean anything for thompson because brooks got hurt in the third quarter yesterday thompson played three minutes and 30 seconds in the second half um, Tari Eason played the entire second or Tari Eason played every minute after Dylan Brooks left that game. Aaron Holiday played every minute after Dylan Brooks left that game. Uh, Jay Sean yeah. Tate barely played. Amon Thompson barely played. I don't know exactly how this rotation is going to look if Brooks is out, but at 3,300, there are potentially minutes available for Thompson. So that is the discrepancy right here is we have him projected for 17 to 18 minutes, but we have him not being rostered like he's being projected for 17 to 18 minutes. Uh, so yeah. he does have the potential to be a, Interesting value at 3,300, but I do think he ends up being more popular than 8% if that's how this ends up getting projected. Yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised if we lost one of these other guys too, just because of the back to back. So I wouldn't at that point in time, you're going to, although I'll I would think Godman Thompson might be one of those guys too, the rate he's been out. Yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised if Thompson's out, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Easton's out. Yeah. This is going to be one that we have to pay attention to because that's, that could create a lot of value. Also, and you want that value before the Dallas game. Yeah. Um, also, so like this is where the projections are weird too, though. We only have Tari Eason at 21 minutes. He's okay. like not even playing 21 Brooks, minutes if Dylan Brooks is out. 
even if Dylan Brooks is in, Easton should be at like 23, 24, probably. Yeah. Uh, and if Brooks is out, he absolutely should be higher than 21. So who's if Brooks is out, who starts? Easton? I actually have no idea. It feels like it would be Easton. I just don't know if I they're going like to... just feel like the easiest one-to-one-ish swap. Yeah, I just don't know if they do that or if they want to keep him in that ventral. Um, yeah, I don't know. Probably Eason. Yeah. We shall see. We'll be breaking but that like, bad do boy down on to, a deeper dive. Do they go to Tate and keep Eason with the second group? Maybe. Do they just reward Amon Thompson and get him out there somehow? Who knows? Sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, like if Dylan Brooks is out, I would... So like we have Dylan Brooks projected out. If he is out by lock, I'm going to have a lot more Tar Eason than I do right now. Yeah. The New York Knicks are three-point dogs in Oklahoma City, 238 total. Uh, talking about this one, for the Knicks, everybody that's normally available is available. So no Mitchell Robinson, no Jericho Sims. On the Thunder side, they're on the back-to-back, so we don't have any information. Bunch of ownership coming to the Knicks, but it's all just sort of flat-ish. 20 to 30 on RJ Barrett, Randall, and quickly 10 to 15 on Hartenstein and Brunson. I'm getting to scattered amounts of these guys. Uh, I have no problem getting to some of the Knicks. I don't think any of them look like a clear priority, but I think a lot of them look pretty good. Yeah, I'm getting to the Knicks a lot. I'm just not getting to them at the same rate as the field right now. 29% ownership coming into Randall. I have 15. 21% coming into Barrett. I have 16. 23 coming into quickly. I have 13. So like, they're relative. They're they're in a good chunk of my lineups. Just you know, not as much as the field. Brunson getting ten uh, percent. I am getting to five. I have fifteen percent. Josh Hart, who's nine percent owned, so I am over on him, which I don't mind when you're getting that much ownership coming into the other guys because you know if things go wrong for quickly or if things go wrong for Barrett, you know Hart can pick up more minutes. Uh, so I, I don't mind, you know, when those guys are getting ownership and Hart's not getting to some heart, I'm getting to 9% Hartenstein. I'm getting a little bit of Gibson, DiVincenzo. I have 3% Quentin Grimes, who is 3,200 and fills the Landry Shamit void. Um, yeah, it's, it's a team that I have a lot of players from, but again, the popular guys here, I'm just not getting as much Randall. So like, I, th- I think, you know, again, I had 15% Kuzma. Um, that's kind of like a Randall pivot where Randall certainly projects better, but Kuzma can still give you, you know, he can beat Randall a pretty high percentage of the time. Sure. He's not a 10. Yeah, like I want pieces of New York, but I don't look at it and think like, oh, I got to get that dude. Yeah, it's just, this strikes me as the team that we get on slates like this, where for the most part, teams are healthy and pricing's correct, where these are good plays, but they're yeah. getting a lot of ownership because they project as the best, some of the best plays at their positions, but it's by a pretty small margin. The OKC side, there's no telling what they're going to do on a back-to-back, but assuming Shea, Giddy, Dort, and Jalen Williams and Chet all play, they're really the only guys that we're paying attention to anyway. Uh, only 10%, 10% ownership coming into Giddy is the highest amount that exists on the DraftKings side. It's 15 on FanDuel, which I'm sure he's stoked about. Yeah, these things never stop. Uh, I just have scattered amounts of the Thunder. Unless we get somebody out, which... Jalen Williams on the back-to-back, who knows? Uh, That's what I'm going to have my eye on. But if everybody's in, they're unappealing. I'm just excited to be doing a strategy show where the only five Oklahoma City guys that I have are the five starters. I don't have... Uh, I was was waiting for... I got Aaron Wiggins, Kaysen Wallace, Jalen Williams with a Y, Usman Jang, and Kenrich Williams. Yeah, I usually do, but no. uh, 13% Giddy's my highest-owned guy. Fields at 10, 5,900 for him, point guard, shooting guard. 
7% a piece to Chet and to Jalen Williams. So a bit over the field on both of them, which cool. Um, 1% SGA, 1% Dort. Overall, not getting a lot of this team. But yeah, mostly just excited that the random bench pieces are not showing up. Keep your eyes peeled on the, like, we need the injury report here. With the fact that Jalen Williams and Giddy were both questionable early in the day yesterday, who knows what they do on a back-to-back, but you're going to need somebody out out of that Thunder starting five for them to look good. They they don't look appealing today. We close this one out pretty quickly. Cleveland Cavaliers, four-point dogs in Dallas, 232 total. Hit that like button if you haven't done it, by the way. Uh, for the Cavs, no Darius Garland, no Evan Mobley. Q tag on Karis LeVert. Q tag on Donovan Mitchell. Doubtful tag on Sam Merrill. I don't know. I got nothing now, but I might have everything in an hour or two, depending on how all this news breaks. Like Mitchell's fine with everybody out. I'm interested-ish. What do we do here? Yeah, I mean, right now, Jared Allen's the only guy I'm really getting. I have 11% of him. He's projected 3% ownership. Same price range as Yusuf Nurkic, who I was also over the field on. So uh, it seems like I'm just having a pretty easy time getting to centers of that range. I was over the field on Chet as well. Um, yeah, and I always have the extra center spots in the morning too. So um, amazing. Yeah, like happy to get there if I do. Good enough matchup. You know, Dallas hasn't been a good defensive team all season long. Uh, Allen certainly can dominate the boards here. So happy to get there if I can. Um, getting the five percent Mitchell, which is in line with the field, small amounts of Niang and Struess. But uh, like you said, if guys get ruled out, that certainly has the potential to open up more playing time. Yeah hard to really talk about it right now like if mitchell's out porter's already 6500 so we can we don't have to go too too crazy here but it could open up in a big big way yeah and i mean obviously if mitchell and lavert are out i mean there is still the potential for porter to end up just end up being amazing he'll certainly be a good play like if he starts being the 32 minute starter yeah the dallas side is wild potential for like money baits to be a thing 11-8 11-8 for Luca. He's 16% owned. He's projected, like, if you look at just his betting lines, it's like 36.5 points, 10.5 assists, and 10 boards. It's just staggering. Staggering. But he's not the only guy getting love. Derek Jones is getting some love. Derek Lively's getting some love. Grant Williams, Tim Hardaway. I'm getting one guy a lot, and I'm curious to see if you're getting anybody specifically. Uh, not really. I have 19% Luca at the top, which obviously I'm great with if I start losing some of that Giannis that I had I probably get more Luca but obviously using using Giannis as a contrarian play is appealing even though Luca is the guy that I would rather have uh so getting there I'm getting the 13 percent a piece of Grant Williams and Derek Jones Jr. Jones getting 18 percent Williams getting eight kind of splitting the difference on the two of them which is fine with me seven percent a piece on Lively and Exum five percent on Hardaway so five to twenty percent basically of the six guys from this team that I would expect to be getting to Basically neutral on Hardaway. I have 25% Luca. 2X in Grant Williams, I have 16. Neutral on Derek Jones, I have 20. This is where it gets different. I have 65% Derek Lively. That's a lot of it. I don't think I hate it. No. Like just I thinking don't... about what else is out there at center today, he's he's 5,500. Like he's only $700 more expensive than Paul Reed. I feel yeah, no, way I, better I, I about think... Derek Lively than I do Paul Reed today. I think that makes sense. Like it's not a great matchup, but... He's cheap. The minutes are there. I think he's a good contrarian play. I, I actually kind of wish I was getting more than 7%. Um, yeah. Like, I, it, and like, it's not let's like, compare, like the difference between Paul Reed and Derek Lively today is very interesting to me. 
one thirty nine, like thirty. It's seven hundred dollars, but thirty nine to ten in ownership. Unequivocally, Derek Lively is projected for a lot more than Paul Reed. Uh, I have it like the same. We also have Paul Reed at twenty five and whatever right, minutes. Yeah. And well, what do once, we have Derek once, Lively at? Right. Once Paul Reed's minutes come back down, that'll change. Um, we have Lively well, at twenty nine eight. I went thirty, so that's the same. Yeah, I I have thirty one for Lively. Minutes, yeah, or thir- 30 and a half F- fantasy point per minute, dude. You've got Paul Reed as a fantasy point per minute, dude. But we're talking about like to me, it's hard to have them projected within five points of each other. So I don't have lively at a fantasy point per minute here, which might be another problem. Okay. I love Lively today. I'm all over this one. Just as I look at the rest of these centers, I just feel more comfortable with it. Like, Jakob Pertl's 23% owned today. He's $100 more expensive than Derek Lively. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Pertl. the same. I, I like Pertl quite a bit more than Lively, but from an ownership standpoint, I get what you're saying. And yeah. like, yeah, I it's a great the, matchup for Pertl, obviously. But again, like, I expect Derek Lively to play more minutes than Jakob Pertl. I think the read comp is the most interesting to me because Lively's more expensive, but you're not, you probably don't have to make massive changes to your lineup to get from read to Lively in most cases. No. And at, you know, one quarter of the ownership, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. And it's much like normally this is a bad spot, but if it's just Jared Allen and just Tristan Thompson, it's like not that crazy i also have 41 percent dante exum which i don't really mind 6k guard forward he's been a fantasy point per minute guy since he's moved into this role i don't have any problem getting to him as a value option with no ownership yeah me neither um i don't like i said i don't have a lot but i think he's fine yeah like i just nobody in that area is really getting a ton like we've got rj barrett's at 20 percent ownership is rj barrett a better play than dante exum today probably not no difference, really. Like, he's half the ownership of Dennis Schroeder. I think those guys are pretty comparable for today, and you get guard forward out of Exum. I like this Dallas side. Yeah, I don't Other like Other than it as the much. fact that, that Cleveland is 30th in pace. Yeah. I'll say I don't like it as much as you in terms of I'm not getting to them as much, yeah. but just from a, like, talking through the plays, I think they make sense. They're just not the ones I'm getting to. Yeah, I, I guess I should probably give up a little bit more Exum and get some of that Landry Shamit that you've been right. smoking. <laughs> um, but but like also, this is it's a perfect example of it also sort of depends what else you're doing with lineups. Like obviously yeah. you're playing a lot of Maxi, so am I. But like if I didn't have 15% Kyle Kuzma, maybe I'm using more Dante Exum and Derek Lively as contrarian plays. But yeah. if I have 3% on Kyle Kuzma in lineups, I'm not then seeking out Lively and Exum at low ownership, for example. This is a fun slate. And I yeah, like seven yeah. to eight thirty. Like we're we're in and out pretty quickly. We'll you see what kind that. of crazy injury news we get. At least once we get Giannis out and everybody's playing the same people, it'll start to suck. But by the way, uh, Nikola Vucevic out seven to ten days. So let's see what they do with Andre Drummond's price. He has to get above nine k. Do they play tomorrow? I have no idea. They do. They play tomorrow. Oh my God, they play tomorrow against the Pacers. <laughs> uh, he should be like 10-5. Oh God, that's going to be a fun one. That's going to be a real fun one. Oh boy. 
So they play tomorrow against the Pacers. I just told you that Nikola Vucevic is out for the next seven to 10 days. Do you know who they play on Saturday, December 30th? The Wizards. The Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, so who's the third string center? I don't. Adama Suwano. Oh, yeah, that, that guy showed up guy in a random showed up yesterday. Yeah, I saw I, <laughs> I don't, in the I don't think I got that name right, but it's the right beats. So, but yeah. Embiid, and if, if Embiid's back by then, it'll be fun to see why Drummond can't play. This is going to be amazing to see on Saturday. Article and video? Yes. Prize picks video is already out. Apologies for the L yesterday. I didn't see Dylan Brooks getting hurt coming. We got our other play correct. Uh, contenders already out as well. So I got nothing else. I'm excited for this. I like this slate. Perfect amount of games. Perfect timings. Let's see what we end up getting. Guys, hit that like button on your way out the door. NFL Strategy Show coming up next. Shout out to Better. <laughs> 